Good evening. It's good to be back with you. Uh, we're thankful for this opportunity that God has afforded us <clears throat> and uh, appreciative of uh, each and every one of you. Thankful for this Christmas season and uh, uh, everything that we... Sorry, having computer problems here. All right, here we go. But we are uh, thankful to be back with you tonight. Certainly appreciative of the opportunity to study the Word of God with you. And uh, day before Christmas Eve, I know everybody's busy and excited. <clears throat> and uh, uh, But we know that there's a, a lot of sick and um, a lot of trials and, and tribulations around us. And uh, a lot of people that won't be able uh, to spend things as they traditionally would. A lot of families can't gather because and due to sickness and um, but uh, Jesus is still king. He's still on the throne, and we're thankful for that tonight. So you pray for us, and we'll certainly pray for you. We're going to pick back up with our uh, study through the book of John. We'll start in the fourth chapter tonight. We're going to read the first 26 verses of John chapter number four. Uh, this will most definitely be a, a two-parter, uh, but uh, we're going to we're not going to try and uh, uh, tarry as long. We're going to try and move through this a little bit uh, more quickly tonight. So, uh, but before we get into the, uh, everything and get started, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, our Father, Lord, we thank you, God, for this day. We thank you for this privilege, this honor, and this opportunity, God, to assemble ourselves together. We thank you, Lord, for your precious word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we're saved uh, and that we have eternal life uh, by believing in you. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for... Uh, God, for your grace, for your mercy, for your love. We thank you, Lord, for this Christmas season. We thank you, Father, for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray, Father, Lord, that we would uh, glorify you in all that we say and all that we do, God, that uh, God, that it wouldn't be about ourselves, God, but as we, we studied through last week, that we would be like John the Baptist, God, that we would decrease, that you might increase, especially in our hearts and our lives. Father, we pray, God, that you watch over us, keep us tonight. We pray that you bless thy word. Uh, God, as we study it tonight, we pray, God, that we would rightly divide it. Uh, God, that we'd not add our thoughts, our opinions, and our beliefs, God, but, Lord, we would let the word of God speak clearly uh, and abundantly. Uh, Lord, because we know that your word is sufficient. Father, thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving us when we were unlovable. Thank you for loving sinners, and we pray, God, that we would be, uh, God, uh, a message of light and hope uh, to this lost and dying world that they can find hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless those that are sick and afflicted, those in the nursing homes and the hospitals, God, those less fortunate. God, you know their needs, and we pray, Father, that you'd satisfy them according to their earnest riches and glory. We pray most of all, God, Father, for those that are lost in nearest hell. We pray, God, that they would find the precious shining light of our Savior Jesus and be saved before it be everlasting and eternally too late. Watch over us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter number 4, we're going to read the first 26 verses. When therefore uh, the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. 
for his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, uh, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said, Go unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman, the woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank uh, thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall uh, give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into uh, everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither, thou, neither come uh, thither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus saith unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. And that saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when neither, uh, when when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet in uh, nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We uh, know what you worship, for salvation is of the Jews. For the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is the Spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, and when he is, uh, and which is called the Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And certainly we pray that God would add his blessing to the reading of his word. And as we pick up right here, uh, just briefly, uh, in the fourth chapter right here, uh, we kind of left off, and this kind of ties back into verse number 22, when the John's disciples had rose up in kind of an anarchy against uh, Christ and or not necessarily against Christ, but they came to John out of concern and said, "Look, Jesus has rose up over here and he's baptizing, and now we see that where the Pharisees have uh, come in on this and they're questioning them on ceremonial washings and what exactly they're doing. Baptism in and of itself is new; uh, it's ushered in by the new covenant, uh, and the ushering in of baptism uh, by the new covenant was kind of foreign to the old covenant believers, the Jews." Uh, and specifically, as we see, as we see it right here, uh, the Pharisees. So it says, When therefore the Lord uh, knew uh, how that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus uh, made and baptized more disciples than Don, John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples. Uh, so these are the 12 apostles that was called out that we talked about in John chapter number 2. It says, He left Judea and departed again unto Galilee. So uh, we got to understand where he is. And so we see right here that he was in the territory of the tribe of Judah, which is in the southern half of Palestine. Uh, so he leaves uh, essentially the tribe of Judah. And we see right there uh, when we have the first temple, uh, or you know, in between the first temple, we have the separation uh, of the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, the tribe of Judah and the nation of Israel. Uh, so we have the, the two tribes and the ten tribes, but we have that split. But the Bible says that he left Judea and departed again unto, unto Galilee. So he left, he left Judea or Judah, uh, and he uh, went north into the northern kingdom, into central Palestine, 
Uh, and so the Bible tells us in, in verse number four, and he must needs go through Samaria. So there was a necessity uh, that he was, and we need to understand this in context of the old covenant. So when we look at the old covenant, God had established a family. Uh, God called the elect lady, the Israelites, the Jews, this was the vehicle whereby God would bring salvation to the, the entire world. And through enmity, strife, and sin, uh, th this separated God's people. Not only did it separate God's people, not only did it cause division amongst God's people, it caused division between God's people and God himself. That is what enmity in and of itself uh, derives it from. And here we see uh, the establishment. Boy, I appreciate the Spirit of God that I feel right now. Uh, and we see right here from the establishment and the inauguration of the of the new temple, uh, of the new temple, the, the second temple is still standing. Uh, that uh, and we see that in in Jesus's day. But we see we've already talked about in John chapter two where Jesus is coming about and he's saying this is the end of this physical literal uh, temple age. Because I am now the temple, I, I am the place, I am the mercy seat, I am the place of propitiation, I am the justifier, I am king of kings, lord of lords, the alpha and the omega. Now he didn't say that in all, specific, in all specificity when he came out of the inauguration of his kingdom, but this is the foundation and the groundwork that he is laying. And, and immediately out of the gate is his inauguratory uh, act as he comes out, begins to preach his own gospel. The first thing he does is he finds himself uh, in Judea whereby he called the apostles. He'd already made his presence known uh, at, at the temple in the midst of the Passover. Then he, dis, uh, then he ascends north and goes into central Palestine, which is the old northern kingdom. What's he doing? He is regathering his people. And listen, where division, enmity, and sin, jealousy has, uh, listen, that has done the, the most harm uh, to society, uh, and it continues uh, to do harm to society. But where Jesus is coming together now, and he is regathering, and he is recalling together, uh, listen, his nation, his elect lady, his bride, his vehicle, which he constituted and established the covenantal promise with Abraham, uh, whereby the, the, through the seed of Abraham, uh, listen, would come fulfill the Davidic seed. He would reign, and we see the temple establishment. And so then we see right here where he's coming together. He's calling all these people together. Uh, and once he can call the, all these, uh, the, the, the uh, uh, first established uh, elect lady. He wants to get, he's trying his very best to regather them. And we'll read this and, and listen, I'm going to divert right here, but I, I promise I'll get back to this. So when Jesus tells the Jews, he said, how oft would I have gathered thee under my wings as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Friends, listen, this was his intention. This is a love relationship that God desires, listen, with all of humanity. So we see the regathering of the Jews first, but the Bible tells us in verse number four, and he must needs go through Samaria. So he went to central Palestine and to the northern kingdom. In verse 5, then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And we see right here where Jacob's well is named, and it's the only well named in the New Testament. It says, now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. And we see this uh, later 
uh, typified in, in, in the Greek ideology of how they uh, kept time tra- uh, kept up with time is they didn't have a 24 hour they did a 12 12 uh, kind of like we do but their uh, their their starting end points were different so sun up to sundown 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. is generally how they recognize this so about the sixth hour would be about noon or midday or 12 o'clock. So the Bible says right here, and being weary with his journey, how he sat thus on the well as it was about the sixth hour. Now the Bible tells us in John in verse number seven, there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. Uh, and, and and listen, this would be Jesus is sitting on the well, uh, and the presumption immediately is is that he's thirsty and he is desiring uh, physical water. It says, For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest uh, asketh the drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. So we see in 722 B.C., after Assyria had conquered the northern kingdom, we have an intermixing of the population. And this intermingling and intermixing of the population uh, had caused great dissension uh, bec- uh, between the Jews uh, and the Samaritans. The reason being is because there was no pure uh, Israelite seed left in the nation of Samaria because uh, they had uh, intermarried uh, with other nations and other peoples. And so we see this, and the Bible brings uh, brings this presentation to Christ immediately. It says, Then saith the woman uh, of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And this is what Jesus came to set in order. And we see this established in John chapter 1. Uh, in verse number 11, uh, the Bible says, He came to his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So we see right here uh, everything that was lost and exiled and we and, and all of humanity was segregated and separated from in the Garden of Eden. We preached on this a couple Sundays ago. I'm glad that the cross of Calvary rectified all things. Uh, listen, and what he bought back, what he ransomed, and what he redeemed at the cross of Calvary, it's much greater than you and I. It's much superior than humanity itself. It is the world and all things and all nations he redeemed redeemed all things. Uh, Listen, and and you hear me say this, uh, listen, it's not about us. It's not about humanity. It is about the king. It is about his kingdom. And Jesus is regathering his kingdom. What was lost, what was exiled at the garden through the abomination and through the entrance into sin because the corruption that was put on this land uh, and this earth, uh, we see right from the very beginning, we see God, uh, listen, as he is in constant pursuit uh, of the redemption of all things that was lost in the garden, not just humanity. Uh, Friends, listen, a lot of times we like to individualize things and we should individualize things and listen, but we need to understand that we are part of a greater army, of a greater kingdom, and we serve the King of kings, the Lord of lords. 
So the Bible tells us right here that there's this immediate confusion because she had been raised, she had been brought up that Jews, listen, that they are segregated, that they don't interact and intermingle with the Samaritans. And Jesus come to set all things back in order. Friends, today, listen, I want to say this. Where there is a wrongful dissension and hurt amongst race and color, listen, and these and these social pressures that we have that are ever influences in influencing us, especially in today's society. Listen, we've seen them cropped up and we've seen them boiling to arise again. Friends, listen, we need to understand that Christ came, that he died for all. I I said this uh, the other day and I'm going to say this again. The first song that I was taught, that I was educated, that that, that introduced me into the gospel was uh, yellow, red, black, and white. They are all precious in his sight. Friends, listen, I'm glad that there is none far superior than the other We see in the book of Hebrews that Jesus comes in. He says, listen, I'm greater than your father, uh, Abraham. I'm greater uh, than Moses. I'm greater than the law. I'm greater than the angels. I'm superior to all things. Uh, Listen, he said, I have reclaimed and and bought back everything. I have ransomed everything, put it all under my feet because I am the messianic king uh, and my name is Yeshua, the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I, I exert all dominion, all authority. He said, Matthew 28, 18, he said, behold, I have all power in heaven and in earth. There is nothing that supersedes the superiority of Christ. He is the king of kings. And praise God, he is my king. And I stand in allegiance, in believing loyalty, covered uh, under his atoning mercy and grace, which was shed for his kingdom on Calvary. And That is what I'm covered under. That's where I align. That's what I believe in. That's where my justification comes from. That is where my mercy is. That is where grace flows from freely. And I'm glad, friends, at the cross of Christ, uh, listen, that the tree of life was opened. And we read in the book of Revelation, he said, all ye that thirst, he said, come and drink of the fountain of the waters of life freely. We'll get to that, uh, of that fountain and the waters of life here uh, in, just a, in just a few minutes. But the Bible says, give me to drink. Uh, thou wouldest uh, have asked of him, and he would have given the uh, living water. Excuse me, I, I cut off in the middle of the verse. Jesus answered in verse number 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee uh, living water. Now, so immediately, uh, this Samaritan woman right here, uh, who is unnamed, she immediately thinks that this conversation is dealing with natural, physical water. And we see right here that Jesus, uh, listen, immediately, Jesus had no intention uh, of, of actually drinking or drawing water from this well. He's having a conversation with her, uh, not only individually, but he's having a conversation with her, uh, uh, listen, that portrays the open of the corporation. And when we say the corporation, I'm talking about the the salvific plan that God has initiated for all of, of humanity and this world. So listen, 
God, now Christ is dealing with Jesus answers in her, if thou knewest the gift of God. So if y'all under, so he's saying to this Samaritan woman, if you understand the gift of God, what is the gift specifically that he's speaking of? The gift specifically that he's speaking of is what I read to you in, in, in the first chapter of the book of John right there. When he tells us, he said, listen, it's, now the salvation did come to the Jew first and also to the Greek. But friends, listen, we see this intermingled, this commingled race right here that is that has Jewish lineage in it. But listen, it's not really. And therefore, they broke away from the Jews. But the gift that, that Jesus is portraying right here is that salvation is not of the Jews only. Only, but it's for all. This is the gift that he's speaking of. And who is it that saith unto thee, give me to drink? So listen, not only the gift, but listen, we're talking about this gift and how, what is the vehicle uh, whereby this gift is going to be brought to culmination. As we're thinking about this Christmas season, what does Christmas mean? Aren't you glad? Uh, friends, listen, that when the elect lady, the nation of Israel, was consumed upon by the Holy Ghost, by a virgin laden, uh, listen, and, and she brought forth a man-child into this world. And when she brought forth a man-child uh, into this world, he came uh, to reclaim, to ransom and redeem all things and listen this is what he's saying now god has given us a gift and and not only that and who it is that saith unto thee these things he's saying listen i am the prophetic messianic seed that comes from the line of the tribe of judah of the seed of abraham i am he in which you have been taught to look forward to it is, uh, if thou knewest the gift of God, who it is that saith unto thee, give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. So listen, she immediately thinks that this conversation is talking about physical, natural water. Jesus immediately has flipped the conversation and said, listen, this is no longer about natural water. This is not about natural worship. This is not about a natural kingdom. This is not about a natural place wherein we worship. This is spiritual matters and spiritual business. Now, the Bible says, and he would have given uh, unto thee living water. Verse 11, the Bible says, The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, uh, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou this living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and saith unto her, Whosoever drinketh this water shall thirst again. So listen, she immediately wants to take this conversation back to the old covenant language. She said, are you, are, do you think you're greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well? I, listen, but gee, Jesus, now listen, we have to understand that, that they were looking for a prophetic Messiah to come uh, to establish rule, dominion, and reign. And Jesus did and fulfilled that, but not in the perception that they had. So listen, Jesus answered, saying unto her, Whosoever giveth this, uh, whosoever drinketh this water, uh, they're going to thirst again. 
Uh, friends, listen, I, I want to say this before we proceed any further. Uh, and I just want to get into this and lay this groundwork. Friends, listen, there's so many people today that are starving, that they're, they're, they're thirsting to death uh, because they're trying to be satisfied from the things of this world. This is the argument that Paul combats uh, constantly uh, as he is working his way through the epistles, as he's setting order and correction in the churches. Is Friends, listen, you cannot attain righteousness by your own deeds, ordinances, or works of the law, that it is only through faith and allegiance to our Savior, Jesus Christ. And Jesus uh, lays and establishes this. And she says, if you drink of this water, you're going to thirst again. And friends, today, listen, we need to understand there's so many people that, 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 that they're trying to lay claim and hold uh, to their own righteousness, to their own deeds, to, uh, to, to all things other than our Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're trusting in these things to bring them satisfaction. But Jesus is telling us, he said, you're going to thirst again. But if you would just drink of the water in which I shall give, you shall never thirst again. Verse 14, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Praise God. But the water that I shall give him, uh, the, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So Jesus completely flips the conversation on her here. She's still talking about natural water and the natural spring. And Jesus has moved this into the spiritual realm. And he is dealing with her on merit of temple language. And what, I say, what do I mean when I say that? So friends, listen to me. Uh, the, the the perception, not only the perception, but how it uh, how it worked in reality is God dwelled among His people in tabernacles and in temples. I listened through all these ordinances and through all these laws. But I told you in John two, Jesus has already said. He said, "I'm talking about the temple, which is my body." So, friends, listen. Now we get into this temple language, and Jesus is saying, uh, "Not only will they never thirst again, but this well spring of water doesn't come from this." natural ground but it comes out inside of them so now we see uh, third person language and when I say third person language we're talking about the fulfilling uh, of the coming of the indwelling of the spirit of God the embodiment of the third person of the Godhead that is what privilege the believer has in the new covenant today uh, listen because Jesus is the temple because he died and because he lives we are now the temple we died and we live and we shall never die as long as we remain in him. Uh, friends, listen, when we remain in him, the Bible tells us that we have an embodiment of the third person of the Godhead, uh, which is the wellspring of water that, that, that rises up inside uh, of us. And the Bible tells us, listen, we, uh, our thirst uh, it's not of this world. This is what Abraham was talking about in the, when it's recorded in the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. It said that Abraham, uh, listen, that he desired and that he longed uh, for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and makers is God. Listen, he said he was a stranger in a pilgrim in a strange world. Uh, friends, listen. 
Uh, but he was looking for a heavenly city. Uh, friends, listen, and this is where our hearts and our minds need to be directed and focused. Uh, friends, today, listen, it's uh, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, if I had hope in this world only, I'd be of all men most miserable. Friends, listen, we cannot find uh, satisfaction here in this present world. Uh, but listen, we are not of this world. Our home is not in this world. But friends, listen, our home is in the Lord Jesus Christ. But friends, listen, he has made us partakers of this thing. Friends, listen, his kingdom already is, but it is not yet. Uh, friends, listen, has already started. The inauguration has uh, kicked off, but friends, listen, it's not in its final state because we are not glorified. Listen, all things are not put to bed. The last enemy has not been destroyed yet, which is death. Uh, friends, listen, and he will reign. Uh, listen, according to 1 Corinthians 15, he will reign until all, listen, uh, until all uh, the final enemy is put to bed, which is death, which is ultimately, uh, listen, the eradication and the evacuation, uh, listen, uh, and the exiling of sin uh, eternally away from God's cosmic family, which he has regathered. Uh, and we, listen, we'll all gather together in that new city, in that new heaven, in that new earth. And the Bible tells us that we be able, uh, listen, not listen, then friends, listen, the Bible tells us that the wellspring of eternal life will flow and we'll be able to sit beside it, dwell beside it because that wellspring is Christ. Uh, friends, we'll be in his presence. The former things will be passed away. There'll be no more sin, no sorrow. There'll be no more death, no crying, no pain for the former things have passed away. Now listen, I, I want to take you over here to Ezekiel chapter number 47. Uh, listen, we see uh, that Jesus' fulfillment here in John chapter 4, uh, listen, is a, uh, is a forward-looking prophe uh, prophecy that Ezekiel speaks to us in the 47th chapter. He said, Afterward he brought me again unto the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under, uh, uh, from, under from the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Uh, then uh, brought he me out of the way to the gate northward and led me about to the way into the way of the utter gate uh, by the way that looketh eastward and behold there ran out waters out the right side and when uh, the man that had uh, had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits, and he was brought uh, me through the waters. The waters uh, were to the ankles. He measured again a thousand, brought me through the waters, and uh, waters to the knees. And he measured a thousand, brought me through uh, the waters, uh, were to the loins. After he measured a thousand, it was a river that I could not pass over. For the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not uh, be passed over. And he said, to me, son of man, hast thou uh, seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return uh, to the brink uh, of the river. <laughs> and now listen, uh, now when I had returned bold at the bank in the river, there were many trees on one side and on the other. Then he said unto me, these waters issue out toward the east country and go down into the desert and go into the sea, uh, which being brought forth unto the sea, the waters shall uh, be healed. So friends, listen, uh, what Jesus is telling, uh, this is a fulfillment of Ezekiel 47, uh, th this that is transpiring in John chapter 4. Uh, and the 
the Bible says, and the water that I will give him shall be a wellspring of water uh, flowing up inside of him into everlasting life. And the woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come uh, hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus saith unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. Now listen, let me stop right here before we go. Before we get into this a little bit further. Right, so the what the what the perception of the Samaritans was is that they were looking for a prophet. Uh, listen, this is why they often perceive Jesus as Elijah uh, or Elias or one of the other prophets. And that's why Jesus specifically asked Peter the question, I, I know who they say that I am, but who do you say that I am? Uh, listen, it was a historic declaration when Peter cried, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Friends, listen, he knew that he was a prophet. He knew that he was a rabbi. He knew that he was prophet, priest, and king. And he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Friends, now the Bible tells us that we, we, we come under this, and this woman, they're looking for a prophet. But Jesus, and now listen, she, she gets kind of snarky right here. In verse 15, she says, The woman saith to him, Sir, well, give me this water then that I thirst not. Neither come here to draw. So she says, Well, uh, if this is true, then give it to me. And then Jesus doesn't immediately uh, uh, just uh, fill her bowels with everlasting life. Listen, he, he proves who he is to her. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus saith unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, in that thou saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our father worshipped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem, in this place, uh, where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh, when ye shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. So he's telling her, listen, he, he, he's telling her the, the forward-looking fulfillment of the uh, Ezekiel 47 prophecy is coming to fruition in the Lord Jesus Christ because of the tree of life that's planted by the water of life that has Edenic source and origin was exiled by man, wherein man had no access to those things, guarded by flaming swords of cherubims that guarded and kept the tree of life, the water of life, and the way of life. Jesus said, I am coming, and at Calvary, I'm ransoming and redeeming all things that was lost in the exile. The exile of humanity has now been lifted, and man has access to the tree of life. And now we see not only the tree of life, the water of life. We talked about this uh, in John 3, especially in this John 3, 5, being born of water uh, and of the Spirit. 
We talked about the Exodus patch, uh, the, the Exodus passage, uh, about uh, how that uh, correlates back to uh, the Exodus of, uh, of of Israel out of Egypt and the birth of Israel, uh, and Jesus is reconstituting the born again language and saying, "Listen, you're not saved by being born out of Israel. You you are now saved by being born out of the Messiah." Uh, friends, listen, and being born out of the Messiah. Now you have privilege and access back to the tree of life, not only to the water of life, but because I am the temple and now you are the temple. And because of that, he said, listen, I am going to futurely embody you at my absence with the presence of the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Ghost, the Ruach of God, the wind and breath of God. And when the breath of God embodies you, then you also will be filled with the water of everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when uh, ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Friends, listen. Uh, and listen, this, uh, when Jesus is having this conversation with the Samaritan woman, he's telling her of future events. He's, he's saying, look, there's coming a day at Calvary when this will no longer be required. We are looking back at Calvary, and I'm here to tell you it's no longer required today. The Bible tells us we worship him in spirit and in truth because we are embodied. We are embellished and filled uh, with the Holy Spirit of God. We are temples. Uh, we are kings and priests uh, because because we, uh, listen, because we've been justified, because the king has justified the kingdom and we stand under his atoning favor. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem I shall you worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. Uh, we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. It first comes to the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Amen. This is the love relationship, and I, I say this, I'll say it as long as God gives me privilege and breath in my body. In Romans 5, 8, when Paul made the declaration, but God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. You can't do good enough. We are not do-gooders. We are, I, listen, when you get a case of the do-betters, friends, listen, we'll never do anything in this life. I can't preach long enough. I can't study and pray long enough. I can't edu educate. Uh, listen, thankfully what the Spirit of God has taught me and I can pass on to others. Uh, all those things, friends, listen to me, those are just works of my allegiance. Those are not earning me anything. Uh, friends, listen, those are not uh, meritorious in any facet or any privilege. Friends, the only thing that that is, uh, listen, it, that is my worship to Him That because He wants a love relationship. And listen, I I want to love him because what he has done for me and all of humanity and this world and where we will be able to spend an eternity in his presence in the absence of sin. Uh, friends, listen, uh, as we gloriously dwell together for eternity. 
But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Amen. The Father seeketh such to worship him. Friends, listen, we need to understand that, listen, when we talk about prevenient grace, uh, we need to understand that we, uh, that we, we have been constantly pursued by the God of all glory from the word go. Uh, friends, listen to me. He has been in constant pursuit of us. And we look today, friends, listen, and we have the cross of Calvary. We have the word of God. We have the spirit of God. We have the gospel. Uh, friends, listen, and it is fervently and passionately uh, being preached all across this world. Uh, friends, listen, this is the yearning, the seeking, and the drawing. We'll get into this in John chapter 6 when we talk about the draw. Uh, listen, uh, but in John 12, the Bible tells us this, uh, listen, uh, uh, as I and if I, if I and if I be lifted up from the earth, he said, I will draw all men, A-double-L men unto me. Friends, listen, he wants all to be saved. First Peter 3 and 9, uh, listen, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises uh, to usward, uh, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. He is long-suffering in this. Friends, listen, he wants to see you saved. Saved. God is a spirit. Verse 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. This is a requirement. Friends, listen, we don't worship him in earthly tabernacles and temples, but we worship him in spirit. We praise him in spirit because there is a wellspring of water that is guarded and kept by the third person of the embodiment of the, of the Holy Ghost because we are vehicles, because we are temples, because we are tabernacles. Friends, listen, this is what Paul was talking about. Listen, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he said, I know if this earthly house of this tabernacle tabernacle or this temple is dissolved. We have a building of God not made with hands eternal in the heavens. Amen. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, when he which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. And Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Amen. Well, I'm, I'm thankful, friends, listen, that we have, uh, that Christ, listen, Christ has redeemed all things. And in redeeming all things, he has approached every individual of humanity at the cross of Calvary and said, come and drink of the fountain of the water of life freely. Friends, listen, there's an open invitation and I am so gloriously glad and thankful that I have privilege and access to that. And I love him eternally and forevermore for what he has done for me personally and for, uh, for, for us as a people, as a church of the living God. And it would, none of this would be possible if it wasn't for we celebrate. What we're going to celebrate in two days from now is the birth of our Messiah. The birth of the king. Friends, listen. The old covenant scriptures and text, it never says it all together in one place, but we can look back on it now so beautifully. We can see all the handwritings of men as they were prophesying of this Messiah to come. 
and a baby's cry that pierced the air in Bethlehem of Judea a little over 2,000 years ago changed the course of modern history forever. And because of that, we have access to the tree of life. We worship in spirit and in truth. We are saved. We are redeemed. We are and we will be glorified because of what he has done. Amen. I love you. God bless you tonight. I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful, blessed, and Merry Christmas. I hope that you love and hug the ones uh, that you're dearest to. Give them, give them a hug and tell them you love them. We thank God for this privilege, for this opportunity. We pray for those uh, so diligently who are who's suffering with sickness. Uh, listen, unprecedented times. Christmas uh, this year will be different, uh, but we still serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and that's not changing. Amen. One of these days, all this will be completed, consummated, and we'll be all be regathered at His feet. And what a wonderful and glorious day that shall be. God bless you is our prayer. Merry Christmas. We love you.